So then, so the business was doing great and stuff, but then it felt like I was struggling in between of Zandra, you know, the CEO and Zandra as a person, I guess, struggling on which one I wanted to be. And I feel like everybody felt that battle because sometimes I will like, you know, resent the business in a way and feel like I don't want to do, it's making me miss out on X, Y, and Z. And I think I had to, you know, understand that, you know, get that that get out of that mindset of like what's normal and what's traditional and stuff like you know all the sacrifice not being able to go to prom and like the moment things that society tells you is like gonna change your life in all reality is just like a boring dance welcome to the homeschool ceo podcast the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business in this podcast We'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Listen up, homeschool CEO. Does your kid have a business idea? You might want to listen to them. You never know. They could be like today's guest. Miss Zandra Cunningham is the founder and CEO of Zandra's Beauty. At nine years old, she started her creative journey mixing up lip balm in her home kitchen. And today, at 20 years old, She runs a seven-figure beauty brand called Zandra Beauty, and she employs her entire family. Today, we're talking to Zandra and her mom, Tamara Zantrell, who is also the founder of Raising a Mogul, talking about what their journey has looked like for the last 11 years. So go ahead and grab your young CEO and listen in as a family, because today will inspire your children and inspire you. Let's dive in. All right. I want to welcome you both to the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you. We're excited. All right. I was just talking with them before the before we started recording, and I've never done uh, two people at one time. So this is all new, but I'm super excited because the journey we're going to take you on today is so spectacular and so unique that to only have one side of it, I just felt would be like such a disservice. So, all right, Mara, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself first and then we'll have Zandra introduce herself next. Tell our audience a little bit about who you are. Absolutely. So my name is Tamara Zantel and I am the CEO and founder of Raising a Mogul. Raising a Mogul is the number one parent manager platform. And I'm also the COO of Zandra, which is my daughter's skincare company. Love it. All right, Zandra, you are the guest of honor. So I would like to just introduce you because you're not only, this is a podcast that not only our parents will listen to, but our kids will listen to and you will inspire them as well. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. My name is Zandra Cunningham. I'm now 20 years old, born and raised in Buffalo, New York. And I am the CEO and founder of Zandra Beauty, which is a premium plant-based sneaker company that I created at the young age of nine years old. When I was nine, I was obsessed with lip balm, lip gloss. I still am. I always got shiny lips every time you see me. And, you know, my dad, he was my number one supplier. And he one day was like, you know, I'm not going to be that supplier anymore. And that um, inspired me to learn how to create my own. And today the products are now, you know, sold in stores across the nation. My line is all about ground palm and inspiration. And 
is just, you know, on the rise. So I'm really excited about it. Well, I love it. Such, such an inspiration. So let's go back at nine years old when you started this journey. First of all, what on earth inspired you to become an entrepreneur at nine years old? You know, when most kids are just sitting down playing with Barbies or dolls and what made you say, you know what, I'm going to go change the world and I'm going to start a business. Where does that come from? <laughs> I think like many stories, it was never like, I want to wake up and be an entrepreneur. I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I feel, I feel like it took me the longest time to even pronounce the word. So it happened organically, you know, my interest in, you know, lip balm and lip gloss has always been like, you know, obsession and a thing for me. But when, you know, I started to do researching and started to, you know, really get into like where lip balm came from, how it was made and stuff. My mom, she, you know, saw what I was doing and ordered a kit for us to like, you know, mom and dad, like DIY home, like, you know, lip balm kit. And I would take that lip balm that we made and pass it around my grandfather's church every Sunday. And then people started to give me, you know, they gave me a dollar for the lip balm and started to pay me. And that's when I was like, already become an entrepreneur and didn't even know it and then the money thing was like oh I can get money not only can I get money but I can also make my own lip balm it was like you know the best of both worlds so I think I didn't know what I was doing but then that is where the transition started to come where I was like okay like I want to make this into a like you know a business and you know have more than just lip balm I want to do like you know a whole line of skincare products I want lotions I want soap bars I want scrubs I want you know x y and z so I think that's where it all started having organic. Like I, I thought I was going to be a dancer. I knew I wanted to be known for something, you know, I have, you know, I was really big on you know, being like famous or whatever, or whatever that looked like. And I was thinking like, I was going to be a dancer or like, and yeah, I think my biggest thing was being a dancer at the time. So entrepreneur was never a goal of mine at all, but I just kind of fell in love with it. So I love it. I'm so glad that you did because you're going to inspire the entire next generation of little girls to be like, Paul, if Sandra can do it, I can do it too, right? I mean, because they, they'll look up to you. Okay, so Tamara, take me back to when you've got nine-year-old daughter here going, you know, I could do this. What made you decide to get behind her? Instead of, like so many parents, you know, we've talked about before, they tend to look at kids' dreams and aspirations and kind of squish them and say, oh, that's not going to make money. Or, ever, you know, you can go to the store, you can go to Walmart and buy lip balm. What made you say, oh, this is different. I'm going to support Sandra in creating this product. Well, I think the first thing to mention from um, just the way you frame the question is that first I had to realize, and many of us, all of us as parents have to realize or remember the dream we had when we were kids, you know, and we would always, I remember me specifically, and I'm sure other parents have had this experience. It's like, when I have kids, it'll be different, right? Or as an adult, you say something like, if someone had paid attention or invested in or done this, this, or that, when I was that young, it would be, this would have been different, right? So I had to consider that. And I initially realized that we were on to something or she was on to something is when she started to do, it became a habit, her wanting to make the lip balm, wanting the shiny lips, Makeup was not an option for obvious reasons. <laughs> so she was really dedicated to learning how to master the process of making it. So for me, it was like, well, okay, she was dancing. She was, I don't think you had started playing golf yet, but she was doing, she was running track. So I knew she had passion and I knew she loved, you know, she had a love for things, you know, activities and what, you know, so had a lot of hobbies. Yeah, hobbies. <laughs> you know, so I knew what, like, this is a hobby. And then when it came to the lip balm and the skincare, this is a passion. This is something 
she really wants because she was super consistent at it. So that's what I paid attention first to, you know, how, how she spent her time, what she paid attention to and um, what she was determined to get better at and actually master. And so that's when it was like, okay, this is officially a thing. Let's, let's see what we can do about it. Ooh, I, that's really key because so often kids have these hobbies and these fleeting ideas that I want to do this and I want to do that, but to have that consistency and that drive to get better. All right. So I know that at some point we started homeschooling and all of this, what, cause you started, Sandra, you started the business before you started homeschooling, correct? Correct. So then what made you decide to homeschool versus going into traditional schooling? I believe the biggest thing will have to be just the circumstances and the lack of respect, I would say, behind being a kidpreneur. And then people just not having, like, because literally during that time, it was, like, the only way you were, like, the idea of homeschooling was, like, you know, you just don't fit into school or you're, like, a child actor and, like, you have to, like, do stuff, like, on the road or X, Y, and Z. So it seemed really, like, you know, strange. And being a kidpreneur, it was rare, extremely rare at the time. So people didn't know how to like, they were like, like everyone knew I had a business going into whatever grade level I was going into, but they were like, you know, this is cute. It's great. And then it was like, you still have to do every X, Y, and Z on time. And, you know, they just weren't like, you know, the schools weren't supportive. Yeah. Just, they, yeah, yeah. They weren't really just supportive. And I decided that, you know, I obviously school is really important and I love being in school, but the only way, like how I learn is that I need to be able, like, I need to be present and I wasn't getting just like, I wasn't feeling supported. I'm sure they were like, it's not looking great. So I decided that, <laughs> uh, that it would be best for me to, you know, be able to, you know, go into homeschooling and actually learn the way I want that I need and that I, that works for me. And also be able to learn things, you know, that apply to, you know, real life. I think sometimes in school, we kind of miss out on the, they don't like to put a lot of real world skills inside our, their curriculum. I and mean, I don't know if that's on purpose or whatever, but, you know, I was able to get that, you know, through homeschooling and be able to juggle and still maintain and run a successful business, you know, so while learning and growing. So it gave me the, the flexibility and the freedom to just really just grow to a better person. So that's why I chose homeschooling. <laughs> I have a little different perspective. I know it was really weird. I'm not going to lie because, you know, all up until I did, I, I did homeschooling my junior and senior year of high school. So all I knew in Augusta school was going to actual, like, you know, an active school with like kids and like, you know, being social. And I'm really social too. So it felt really weird because I was leaving, you know, the one thing I had to be social and being like, you know, it was easier to juggle, you know, um, school, being social and running the business because I had to go to school for it six hours out of the day so I was at least I was you know around my friends and stuff so I did kind of feel a little you know detached from that but then I just had to change the way I looked at it and change the strategy and it worked out to be good I was able to you know hang out my friends you know on the weekend and you know other stuff figured it out yeah we ended up figuring it out so it worked out (laughs) I love it Tamara you said that you had a different perspective on it what was your perspective that I knew we were going to homeschool (laughs) even before she knew it (laughs) I knew that's what, because looking at it's, and it wasn't just all about the business. So that was a pet, that was a big factor, but also her little brother, we started homeschooling as well. He was started, we started homeschooling him actually earlier because he was just having issues in school. Right. So he was, he's a different learner. And I, I just was in this constant battle of, of wits almost with the school system, no matter what school they went to my kids for the most of the time, the kids went to different private schools. So the private schools were a little bit more understanding, but they were less flexible. 
So we just kind of hit this, this bump in the road where Josiah was, you know, struggling, you know, and they were struggling with him. And then I was very frustrated because I didn't feel like they were giving him what he needed educationally, emotionally. It was just very rigid. And that's not how, what kind of uh, child he is. And then for Zandra, the school was also very rigid. She would go, she started traveling, um, I would say like her sophomore year, freshman, sophomore year, she started traveling extensively and we would be gone for a week or two weeks. And then she would have to come home on the weekends and literally take every class, every test she missed all weekend. And it was extremely stressful. So, cause they wouldn't let her take the work on the road. So I'm like, wait a minute, we're in this age of technology. We can't log in somewhere and she can't, it, it was just, they just were resistant. But at the same time, they were very pro Zandra because she, her, she was like the face of the school for a long time. So that worked in their favor. But so when I realized that it was only kind of one-sided, I was like, you know what? I think we can do this in a different way. It just didn't work Ooh. out so so hot. <laughs> That's yeah. what, because, but you know what? Homeschooling obviously worked out well. Oh yeah. It was all said and I have so no regrets. Job. I'm, I'm so glad that we made that decision. It was literally the best decision we could have made. Sounds like it. Sandra, going back, what were some of the hard lessons that you learned coming up as a kidpreneur? I know you said one of the things that you kind of struggled with is people would look at you and be like, oh, that's sweet. Like, that's cute. Bless her heart. You know, like, that's a cute little side project. But um, what are some of the other things that you really had to work through as you were growing your business as a kid? I think the idea of, you know, I think fighting so hard to get people's attention, you know, and not, you know, obviously them not taking you seriously and then once you get them to take you seriously you know staying up there I think it's the is the biggest thing because people's all are everybody's already thinking like you know what's next and stuff and I feel like you know I'm like I don't know what's next I'm still trying to figure out my like what I'm like just being a teenager and stuff so um I think that was really nerve-wracking for me and then also you know being so I guess isolated in a way you know being entrepreneurs already you know kind of like you know you're on your own and you feel like you know nobody really understands and stuff because you know it's all you at the end of the day but again there wasn't a lot of you know entrepreneurs doing what I was doing so especially in my area like there was nobody doing what I was doing and I would have to travel to find you know all these other you know entrepreneurs doing amazing things but even though that was like a just a weird thing too because you know it was I just felt lonely so then so the business was doing great and stuff but then it felt like I was struggling in between of Zandra, you know, the CEO and Zandra as a person, I guess, struggling on which one I wanted to be. And I feel like everybody felt that battle because sometimes I will like, you know, resent the business in a way and feel like I don't want to do it's making me miss out on X, Y and Z. And I think I had to, you know, understand that, you know, get that that get out of that mindset of like what's normal and what's traditional and stuff like you know all the sacrifice not being able to go to prom and like the the moment things that that society tells you is like gonna change your life in all reality it's just like a boring dance is crazy you know so I had to change when I tell you about her perspective (laughs) I had to change my mindset about it and my parents literally you know they they were really supportive and kept reminding me that you know you're going to be able to host your own problem you're going to be able to do x y and z while everybody is struggling in this area you're buying this or doing this and being able to do things that people don't get to do in their lifetime so I had to change and you know really just change my perspective and look at it in a different view but that didn't happen overnight. That happened, you know, it took some years um, to, for me to, you know, really learn and hone in on. So 
But I feel like that's the entrepreneurial journey. It's all about growth. And everybody looks at where you're ending up now. They don't realize that, you know, for the last 11 years, it's taking you to get where you are right now. Like now you speak from a voice of wisdom, but I know that there's ups and downs. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I totally get that. And by the way, we're so going to quote that, that life is just a boring game. You know that because, <laughs> because no, seriously, because I feel like that's something that goes through the homeschool mindset sometimes is, oh, my kid's missing out on all of these things. And then when we layer on entrepreneurship on top of it, oh, they're not going to miss out being a kid. But in fact, you're opening their world to a whole nother world of opportunities. Jamar, how did you deal with that as Sandra's mom? When she would come to you and say, I'm missing out on these things. I know you, you said you someday you'll be able to host your own prom, but how did you really reconcile that in your own mind? Hmm. Um, there were some things that I, I would maybe, I could have felt bad about, but I was, I could have, I say I could have, but I was, I'm always, I've always been able to look at the bigger picture because what I have to make clear is that Zandra at nine, maybe 10 made it clear to me that she wanted to be famous. You heard her say that she wasn't sure how, but when we, we start to dig into it, I would ask her questions like, well, famous for what, what kind of famous? Are we talking about Nickelodeon famous? Are we talking about big movie screen fame? Like, and then we say, well, you want to be like that kid. You know how many hours they work every day. Do you know how many times they have to say that line? Do you know how many times they have to do that dance? Do you know how many people are back there picking at them and touching them and the lights are hot. So my point is I walked into this with the mindset that it was never going to be, that there was no normal. I knew that we were going to be creating our own normal and I just had to be strong enough to prepare her for that because I knew her emotions, you know, that she was going to go on a wild ride based on, especially since she was surrounded around quote unquote normal kids that were doing normal things. So she I know there was a lot of internal struggle, but for the most part, I don't feel like we had a lot of moments where it was like, oh, did we? Yes, we did. We, a lot? I don't feel like there was a lot. No, I don't think there was a lot of moments where we were like. I mean, she would get, there were sad times, but it, there was no, why can't I, you know, do this? It was more, yeah, I no. know I can't do this. So what can we do instead? So that, so we just kind of flip, flipped it, right? So it's like, okay, well, we're getting ready to go to Mexico because you got booked to be a speaker. This is what we'll add on and we'll do this and this. And then we'll call your friends and see if they can come too. You know, when she got booked for certain things, she would bring her friends or she would call another friend, one of her other super friends, another kid entrepreneur that happened to be nearby and they would meet and hang out for the weekend or the week. So she, you know, so like wherever something seemed like she wasn't getting it, getting I got it somewhere she else. got it somewhere else so the abundance was still there right mm -hmm. so we learned how to look at all the amazing things and not just focus on the one amazing thing that's happening this weekend that we can't do but there was definitely some sad days where we had I had to remind her but I, I really feel like we as a family did a good job at including the things that she liked to do and that all the kids like to do. Cause I mean, we, we have, a, I have five kids. <laughs> so it was, you know, we created our own fun and we brought the outside kind of in, even at our production facility, her friends come all the time and help pack orders. They come do photo shoots. They, they're, they're involved. They're in a lot of her advertisements. They've been seen on, they've been on a today show when she was on a today show. So like we bring, we brought the world and incorporated it into what she was doing. So she didn't feel like she was missing so much out there. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, Xandra shaking her head. She's like, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Rather than focusing on what you don't have, just creating that world. I mean, that's kind of what homeschool CEO is. You know, I just, people said, because I couldn't find my tribe. So I just created my own. And that's what we're doing. That's exactly. That's exactly. Absolutely. We created our own ecosystem. And then she mentioned prom. So I have to tell you this. She had her own prom when she was 14. (laughs) She had a 14 at 14. And then when she turned 18, we did it again. So where everyone else was doing a traditional sweet 16, we did her um, big life milestones by her, you know, what was happening in her life. So at 14, she graduated from eighth grade. She got accepted to her first choice high school, very prestigious high school that she wanted to go to. And she graduated from the University of Buffalo School of Management. And she launched her, relaunched the Xandra product line. So we celebrated all that at this. I mean, it was like a wedding. It, really it was, was. It was crazy. We read in my teachers. They were like, this is a wedding. Oh, <laughs> so oh, that's what we did. So then when it came to Sweet 16, it was like, I already had mine. And then when it came to prom, it was like, okay. I mean, she did eventually go to a prom, but it was a it was boring it was not what it was I to so that's why I can say it was that's so overrated oh I love that okay one thing I want to touch on Zandra from your perspective growing up and going from this you know kind of this kitchen table entrepreneur where you're making the lip balm at home how did you make that transition to selling nationally and really going from that small town type to this your you know shelf ready product I think the biggest thing or the biggest strategy that we, we always had, my, my goal was always in the beginning, you know, when she asked, you just asked me this question, what do you want to be famous for? What do you want to see? And I remember I'm always saying, I want my source to be, I want my products to be on the shelves and stores across the world. Like that was, that was my thing. And that meant, what did it take looking at other brands and be like, okay, well, you know, at the time, my product before we rebranded when I was 14, the product wasn't like, you know, you know, it was kitchen table happy work. Like that's literally <laughs> what it was. It wasn't, you know, Target ready. It wasn't Walmart ready. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't on the level to compete with a lot of the brands that were inside the store. So what that meant was we had to, you know, actually, you know, get inspired and be like, if we're going to be able to, you know, want to compete and get here, we have to, you know, set the stage and make the brand look like level actual up. things. So we had to level up and, you know, focus on, you know, getting the brand together, you know, figuring out, you know, working on our business plan, understanding all that. Cause you know, in the beginning, those years up until I was 14, I focused on being the maker. Like I was all into, you know, formulation and the creation. I could care less about the business side, like the entrepreneur, like I did not, I had the, the creative side of the entrepreneur spirit. So during that time I had to, you know, really just become an expert in that field and really, you know, get into my, you know, business, you know, hat mindset. Um, and, you know, we, you know, got our product line down, understanding formulations, you know, the packaging, making sure everything was on point. We got a uh, mission. And then we started, we started off slow. You know, we had our website, you know, we had um, all this good stuff, but we started locally. So I would go with my little, you know, it was like a little basket or a little box or whatever with like some of our top selling products or the products that, that were my favorite or whatever and some note cards and I would go to the little like boutique shops or whatever skincare shops on one of our main streets called like Elmwood or whatever really artsy and like cute and like hippie and like you know where people who have money go and shop so that's where we went and I went into the store and I would pitch them and I'd be like I have this product you know and all this other stuff and from then people started to send their line sheets and place orders that way so that's how we were able to get wholesale accounts and then we just kept scaling from there then it started to be like okay from a different state we have a boutique and then it went to 
And then it wasn't until Etsy is when we really, I won Etsy open call and I won, I got into paper source, which had a, like a, how many stores did they have? I think it was, was 172. I think it was 172 stores or yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But that was like a, that was order. one order for 172 stores. And that was 8,000 yeah. units. And we were like, that was like, that, so that set took the stage. us, yeah, that took us from manufacturing a, uh, 50 of something to manufacturing thousands of something at the same time. So we literally had to change the way we did production. Everything had to change, just everything. But that's <laughs> not to say, so we were ready, but we like, obviously we could have been more ready, but you know, that was a risk that we were willing to take as opposed to, and at the right moment, because before that, before, you know, when we were starting to just get into like boutiques or stores, we were actually approached by, you know, Walmart, um, to be inside their stores, but it wasn't the right time because had we said yes to Walmart at the time, Xandra would know be no more because we would have been bankrupt and all other good stuff. So it's all about growing gradually and being like really, really smart about it and taking, you know, calculated risks. And paper sales were the calculated risk because we went in knowing like we were going to be ready if we got picked up by any of these stores in here. Mm-hmm. And we did. And then paper source at the stage for, you know, Bed Bath Beyond and Costco and uh, Whole Foods, because that's where we got our connect with Whole Foods there at, at the open call as well. And then in 2018 is when we got the Target. And that was a game changer because Target was one of my top five stores that I wanted to be in. So that was really, really, and we, you know, it was just crazy. And then, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but Target was cool. <laughs> Sandra, I feel like you just unpacked like a hundred years <laughs> worth of wisdom. Like, she did. Okay. She did. <laughs> Yeah, it was like so many gems. Okay, so first of all, I want to make, because you just kind of glossed over it so quickly. From 9 to 14, you were really in the trenches. Like you were just learning and you were manufacturing. It didn't become this global brand yet, but you were growing. And I think so often as entrepreneurs, even adults, you know, not, I'm not talking like nine-year-old entrepreneur. I'm talking like adults. We want this overnight growth and we're frustrated when we don't get it. And we think, why can't we just build a million dollar brain in a year? Like if we just hustle harder, we can do this. And, but you said so much wisdom that you said it wasn't the right time when like Walmart approached you because you would have been bankrupt because you weren't ready for that level of growth in your business or personally, or you weren't there yet. And that's so wise because then as you rebranded, then you were ready. And, you know, like each step happened when it needed to happen. So I'm glad that you pointed that out because I think that's an encouragement to so many of our families. Yeah. I think also too, I would say, I didn't even realize I said that, but that is really good because that's really, really hard now. Cause even I still struggle with that. Like, why am I not, you know, fighting with, you know, understanding like, you know, things will come in, in due time and stuff and thinking like, because of this level of social media, you have the tag and sensation overnight x y and z and not realizing that that brand or whoever that youtuber was making videos for four years before that one video went viral mm. and people don't understand that because you're just so caught up in like the social media hype that things can like things happen overnight and it's so not the case like so not the case and i think that goes with every entrepreneur too so it seems so it's so easy to get caught up in that 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 mindset that it's supposed to happen overnight but no all that takes years. <laughs> it does because we only see that little snippet, mm. you know, and we see what we want to see and we just don't realize the hard work. So I really appreciate that you, that you said that, you know, that it took time. What prompted the rebrand at 14? Oh, that's another funny story. So going through, so when I got um, enrolled into accepted or enrolled or whatever into the University of Buffalo entrepreneurial class, which is like an all, you know, adult college course class or whatever they 
accepted me in because, you know, even though I was 13, I still had a business. So they double checked. That's all the thing that what it said in the rule book. So that was a good thing. But during that program, they assigned with a mentor that was like, you know, that would benefit, you know, similar fields or whatever. Um, and my mentor, she was in product development field. So she was, you know, able to create prototypes. People have ideas and, you know, and she knew what stores were looking for and, you know, all that good stuff. And I remember, you know, our first meeting, throwback to when I said that the products were like kitchen table products. Like that's how they looked. That's how they looked at the time. I was really excited. You know, she came there, she looked at packaging and she was like, she asked the same question my mom did. So what do you, what's your goal? What is your goal for Xandra? It wasn't even called Xandra at the time, but she was like, what is your goal for your company? And I said, I want my products to be in stores across the nation. And she was like, well, she was like, okay. And then she liked the product and she said, okay, well, you're going to need to change the name. You're going to need to change the packaging, the label, the font. I'm not really liking. This basically everything. She said, I need to change everything. <laughs> and I was You see like, how she said she's saying it's so calm. <laughs> but I was so angry. I was she, like, I would never say with you ever again. She this almost ruined her. Like <laughs> this was the moment where she was like, I'm done. I do not like this lady. And she was ready to fight for her business because she was so passionate about what what the business stood for and what it looked like then. And because we had put so much work into it she couldn't accept the fact that it wasn't good enough, right? So she can tell you now that the packaging was subpar or no, didn't look bad. like it was target it ready. Was but at the time, she thought it was amazing. Like, we had this awesome logo. Like, I thought so too. But when you did, when we did investigate other brands, we were like, okay, we got a little work to do, <laughs> but we didn't know we had to rip the whole thing up and put it in the trash and literally rebuild it over again. Yeah, That we were not ready for at the time but we got ready yeah so literally <laughs> once I got over that you know emotional train or whatever we we went we you know we went out and asked a lot of people questions you know we just you know started getting on information and we we're like okay well maybe she's on to something and maybe we do need to like you know change and stuff or whatever so what we did we got connected with an amazing designer that I absolutely love and we spent and she worked with me for four months on it and we went through every idea you can think of but every crazy thing that I was into, that I'm still into, quotes, inspiration, like packaging, packaging that you don't want to, you know, give up because you just love it so much. The color schemes, the 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 way it looked, the way it caught your eye when you walked past, you couldn't just be like, oh, you had to double take all that. The way my, she took like all of it, it was just spent and we got recorded into Xandra and that's when Xandra came to be and that totally changed the whole game so when people were like you've been doing this for 10 years this line has only been out for like five and a half years or six now or whatever but that that I tell that story as much as I can because that's the idea of having a true mentor was going to tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear everybody wants to hear they're doing amazing and that keep going or just stop what you're doing you're doing you're like you're done um but she was like no girl you have a whole lot of work to do you just the only beginning like I needed to hear that and that changed the whole changed my whole aspect of of myself but then also the business the business would never been what it was if I didn't you know get that information there so Mm -hmm. definitely changed changed my life that is so that's so powerful and to acknowledge that literally tomorrow you can probably relate to me we I was sitting in a room with our business mentor the other day and she said yeah that doesn't make any sense she's like I'm a really smart person and that doesn't make sense and inside even as a 40 something I'm crying but then I'm like no that's what I needed to hear because that's you got to rip that band-aid off 
and say, okay, back to the drawing board. Let's make something great. So I love that you said that and acknowledge that because there's so many kids that would have crumbled. Yeah. And just, and it's okay to crumble. Like it's okay to have those bucket of tears and to sit there and say, and be angry and have that emotional train wreck, you know, the up and down roller coaster to go, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm embarrassed, I'm frustrated. But then to pick yourself back up and say, but that's what I needed to hear in order to take Sandra Beauty to the next level, to level up to be what it needs to be. What do you think was the reason that you were able to do that? Like, what was it that would, that made you so different to be able to accept that criticism and that feedback and go beyond that? I think being surrounded by very opinionated people. My family is very vocal on and very honest, you know, uh, always been. So once we went back and asked them their real opinion, they were like, yeah, she's right. You know, it's great. We thought it was lovely for you, but I want to buy this in the store if I seen it looking like this. And then we started, you know, asking more people. So getting other validation from others that, okay, like, you know, there is something to it. And we started, like, like my mom said, doing our own research, but I feel like it took, you know, understanding that looking at all the facts and you know who the person is that's telling giving us this criticism you know I think is the biggest thing because sometimes you know you get criticism from all ends of everybody but knowing which one to take is the hard part so I feel like knowing the facts and you know did she gain anything out of saying no this is I mean this is whack or anything like or like she didn't gain anything from that and up until then she was the first person that talked to me like we were equals like we were just business one businesswoman to another before that everybody was like this is so cute we're so proud oh my gosh I don't know what I was doing at your age I was playing with dolls and blah 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 she was a real person to be like okay like she didn't care how old I was I don't think she asked me <laughs> so I had to respect that so mm-hmm. um, yeah that's a big point right there yeah that's a big point. I agree I agree Tamara let's talk about that let's talk about how important it is to talk to the kids that are creating businesses, you know, kid, you can call them kidpreneurs, young entrepreneurs. I know you call them moguls. How do you think that that played a role as, from a parent, like looking in? How do you think that like changed the trajectory of the business having an adult come in as a mentor and be able to speak to Sandra as an equal? Mm, I think it had, a, it made a, it was a huge impact because it was important to me that her dad and I, my, my, her grandparents, my parents weren't the only adults guiding her. You know, I recognize that we spent a lot of time together and it's kind of just like the natural way of parenting that your kids don't always believe or buy into or even listen to everything we say, right? So we can say it 50 times, but when a stranger comes around that they might, they believe in or that they respect or have high regard for says the same thing that mom or dad says, they grasp onto it, you know, in a different way. So Mary was super instrumental in Xandra's growth. And like she said, they had a relationship, a business relationship. They would have meetings. I wasn't involved. I would sometimes be, we would have, because Xandra at the time had, this, had a store and the store had a food court. So it was like smaller stores off and there was a food court in the center. And so I'd be off in the store and they'd be over across the way in the food court. That's where they would meet at one of the tables. So there were, I was present, but the meetings they would have every week, just the two of them. And then she would come and tell us what the meeting was about. So really allowing her to take that leadership role, manage it, her emotions and the process, the way they decided was best 
really made a big, it made a huge impact. And it also gave, gave me the opportunity for the first time ever to kind of lean back and think, okay, I trust this process. She's growing and thriving through it. It's okay. You know, it's okay. So it, it, it was very enlightening, but it, 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 it set the stage for so many other opportunities for her to be mentored opportunities for her to receive guidance from other people and also for her to become a mentor because she had that amazing experience. Ooh, so good. That, that leads perfectly into the next question. So what we didn't tell really at the beginning of the episode is that we met Tamara and I met, so mom and I met through a mastermind. Actually, we met through the homeschool CEO community first, but then like within like 48 hours, we discovered we were in the same mastermind together too. So it was like this, <laughs> yeah, we're laughing because Andrew, I don't even know if you know the whole story. Like it, it was like, we just kept going. We kept, so she joined the homeschool CEO community and it was like two days later, I was accepted into the mastermind that she was in. And we show up on this call and I'm looking at her, I'm like, man, she looks really familiar. Cause I had just done a live to welcome you into the community. And I was like, man, she looks really familiar. And I was like, oh, you're in my community. So it was like this round, this full circle moment. Mm-hmm. But we started to really bond and to talk about our passion. And I know, Zandra, you also shared our passion for really inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs to take these kids' ideas seriously and to develop them as leaders and because they're the future of the, of the world, like they're going to change the world with their business ideas. So tell me a little bit more about your guys's project and your business raising a mogul. Okay. So raising a mogul started because when Sandra was around 12, 13, I remember thinking to myself, I remember going through the loneliness that she described earlier because not only was she looking to connect with other young moguls, other kids that were doing what she was doing so she could have some kind of baseline of what normal could possibly be for her, I was also looking to connect with other parents that had kids going through and dealing with and all the things that I was dealing with that I could connect with. And it was, it was, it was a tough ride. It, there weren't very many parents that were willing to share. And those that were willing to share, didn't have a lot of information because they weren't really building brands or businesses the way we were, you know? So I said to myself, I was like, if we ever, if I ever get the business, grow the business to where she um, says it's going to be. And I totally believed we were going to get to where she, she said she wanted to be. And I committed to helping her do that. I'm going to create a platform for other parents like me. So if I attract the parents like me, you know, in my situation, having a young entrepreneur as a child, then they will come along with their children. And then she'll, we'll both be kind of creating that ecosystem or that experience that we both wanted so much that we couldn't, we, we, that didn't exist. So once again, creating what you need because it doesn't exist. And so now Raising a Mogo, we are a parent manager platform for the most part, where I work with parents, coaching, consulting, and all the things, supporting them as they transition from parent to parent manager in in regards to building the business, building the brand, managing their child, all the way from idea creation to negotiating contracts. And the other part of that is Xandra's Young Mogul Prep School. So she started, you can talk a little bit more about Young Mogul Prep School, but she started it when she when you were 15? I think it was 15 and you, she stopped it when she was 16 because her career just, it just exploded. And she was like, I have to put this on hold. And you want to talk a little bit about that? And then we'll talk about how we got to where we are now. 
Yes, Young Mocha Prep School was really just because, again, even still, I was I was growing and still being 15 at the time. There still wasn't a robust to real businessy, you know, class made for young entrepreneurs that were giving you like all the things you need to really, really, really make it. And, you know, what better way for me to, you know, and people were asking anyways. So I was getting tons of emails, tons of DMs all the information and we're like why not just put together a program well she came with the idea to put together a program <laughs> because I was giving away the information anyway so now when people see me they'll be like you know ask a million list of questions and we're like you know you might as well get paid to you know tell people all this information anyways so yeah so and I actually you know grew to love it just because I was able to connect with other entrepreneurs but then also I felt it was more relatable to learn from somebody, one who's already done it, and that we're equals, the same age. Like, I know what it's like to go to school and then have to go to X, Y, and Z and then do this and then still have, you know, demands and still have to wake up really early to get dressed for school and then spend the rest of the night through the night packing orders and getting stuff out. So I think it was a cool way for me to be able to connect, but then also, you know, connect others with, you know, because at the time, a lot of still kidpreneurs feel lonely and isolated because again it's not as popular so our community is growing but we're still all virtually but still knowing that you got a friend you know in x y and z um in this state or this state when you go to travel is way a lot better than knowing that you don't have anybody out there so that's why we created um young local prep school mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think that is brilliant and that is how we ended up like originally got all connected talking about this because with homeschool ceo we've created this incredible community for the adults. Like our moms, we are tight. We, we talk, we follow each other on social media. Like we're friends, but I kept seeing the need, Zandra, for kids like you, for kids like mine, who he's like, mom, I'm lonely. You know, we go, we tried to go to homeschool co-ops and I'm saying that in quotes, you know, we tried to go to these homeschool events, but they didn't fit in with these other kids because he was like, I want to make money. You know, I'm like 11 years old and I, I started a lot, he started a lawn care business. You know, he figured out he could hire his friends and make more money that way. And, you know, but he would go to these other situations and he would sit at these lunch tables at these homeschool things. And the parents, these kids would talk about, well, we don't have money for that. And my kid would say, just go create a business, like go start, go make money. Like, why is this so hard? And he got to feeling so lonely that he started to make friends online, but I wanted to give him, I wanted to give our kids that community. And mm-hmm. because as adults, um, you know, Sandra, are you in a mastermind yet now at 20? Tell me you're no. in a mastermind. No, you're not. Girl, you're she's on, a, she's on her way to one. Yeah. She keeps trying to make me get into mastermind. Come on. Well, you, you and your father talked about one recently. So yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Well, because a mastermind gives us this place of community and collaboration where we can bounce ideas off of each other and challenge each other and really kind of like what you're doing with the young mobile prep school um that it gives you that place where they can be together and know like hey i can text so and so because they're gonna have the same problem i am like they or they've been there they under they get it they understand hey it's you know, May and everybody's going to prom and I'm over here, I'm homeschooled and I'm running a business and I'm going places and I care more about the long-term impact and not just that moment or, but it's sometimes in that moment you do care about it and to be able to talk to somebody else who gets it right, is huge. It's huge. So I'm super excited. We are partnering with you all to do a five-day boot camp. Yes. We're following all, like you guys are front and center. That is it. And then at the end of it, we're going to talk about how we can 
really get these kids together. And then part of the bonus is that we're going to do a mastermind with them. So can you tell us a little bit about the boot camp, what it leads into, like all of those details and why you started that? Absolutely. So Young Local Prep School that started in 2015-16 has been reborn and revived. We've rewritten the curriculum. We have an awesome curriculum writer and education consultant on our team. She's phenomenal. So we have really committed to making sure that we have a well-rounded program, not only just Young Local Prep School, but also the boot camp that leads into it. So the way the boot camp works, the five days, is we really take the young moguls, the kids that come in with these awesome ideas is on a journey over those five days. They have an opportunity to spend some time with Zandra brainstorming and thinking about like, okay, what do I really love to do? What would I do even that what I'm not getting paid or even when I'd rather be sleeping or playing the game or at the movies with my friends? And then how do we turn that into our what? The thing that we want to make and we're going to use to make our impact on the world. We go from the what, then we start to discover their why, which is talking about their purpose, their mission, what's going to drive them. Because that why we discovered, that's one of the main things that kept Zandra going over the years, you know, her understanding her big, her bigger, larger purpose and who she actually wanted to help and how she wanted to help them. So we talk about their what, the who, who their, who their human is, who they want to help and then why they want to help them. We go over numbers. We bring in the money and financial literacy piece into the curriculum. We talk about how to, how do you know how much to charge when you're mowing lawns or you're going to sell a book that you're going to write or you're going to sell lotion you make? How do you know? How do you determine those, those costs? So we talk about cogs and all the, we use all business terms so they can be prepared and understand them right away. And then we go into creativity. We talk about product photography, writing their own persuasive copy, whether it be on their website or their social media posts. They actually learn how to use Canva so that they can create social media posts. So it is a full jam-packed experience so that at the end of the five days, the kids that participate will actually have a business up and running. They will have something that they can literally go stand in front of a table or do a Facebook Live or Instagram Live and sell. And if mo- and if nothing else, they have a plan that they can go sit down at the table with their parents, have a family meeting and say, this is what we want. This is what I want to do. And this is why I want to do it. This is how much it's going to cost. And I can help because I know how to do a little of the marketing and pro- promo and creativity behind the scenes as well. So it is a full experience. And we actually will bring Zandra in too. Her, her, her biggest part is teaching the kids how to pitch. So that happens at the end too. So I knew it sounds like a lot, but we make it work and the kids absolutely love it. And the time with her is definitely the cherry on top because they get to ask questions and talk about her, really just ask her anything. And she walks them through the process of, you know, that whole networking piece, the elevator pitch. And if, if you're not even pitching for money, how do you even just position yourself in a room full of adults or even your peers and get people to take you seriously and show up great? Because a lot of the success of Xandra came from not only social media, but a lot of it was through networking and just being in a, in a room with the right people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but being able to be vocal, you know, because being a kid already, people are like, what are you doing here? But also being able to, you know, articulately and say like, I'm the CEO and, you know, and know that it's not just your parents running the show because that's what they're going to, that's what they're thinking even while they're looking at you and saying like, we're so proud. They're like, this is a joke. <laughs> so you have to, you know, be like, no, we're serious, you know. 
Yeah. I, I am so looking forward to all of that. I know our families are excited. This morning, just on Facebook, I kind of put a plug in like, hey, who's interested? And I think, I don't know, Tamara, if you've seen like the list, sign me up. Go check it out. So exciting. Because we don't even have the wait list up. Like that is today's project. And by the time this airs, you guys can all go check it out. We'll send you there. I'll put the link in here. But so, so, so excited because I think partnering with the both of you, you provide all of the curriculum, all of the teaching and letting the kids really understand that. And then the homeschool CEO side, we're the, we're like the mastermind side. We're the mm-hmm. community. So it's like the perfect. Which is very, very important. It's They go together. It's critical because the other piece of this that I want everyone to understand is you can enroll your child into a program and they can watch a whole bunch of videos and download all the workbooks. They're still alone. They're still going to sit at your dining room table or in their, at their desk in their room and they're going to watch and interact and they're going to probably get it. You're, you as the parent will have to be more involved But at the same time, the connection with your child that is necessary as they grow in this entrepreneurship space is critical. And online videos are great, but that you cannot beat touch. You cannot beat interaction with their peers that are equally yoked, you know, and then being able to say, well, what about your mission? Did you get yours done? Or how much money did you make? Or are you going to that thing? Or are you going to pitch in this? For them to be able to talk and on all levels and understand and respect each other is huge. It's huge. And it's really important for us to set the stage that mastermind the experience of giving and taking right from the beginning. We don't do competition and drama. Like we, I tell the kids all the time, do you know how many bottles of water in the grocery store? How about all the different kinds of bread? How about all the different, like, this is why building your brand is so important. So the people that want to choose you will choose you because you're you. And that has nothing to do with the fact that you both want to sell cupcakes, right? We're going to celebrate that and we can actually collaborate. So powerful. Xandra, what kind of difference do you think that would have made for you at 9, 10, 12 years old back when you were first starting? Oh, I would have made a, a very big difference. Even now, like, I'm so happy to see, like, the growth of, like, you know, all the skipreneurs and, you know, at the heights of where they're going. Like, I'm just thinking, like, dang, I wish I had that because <laughs> then I feel like, you know, I'll be, like, you know, just turning 13 and already, you know, being targeted X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I feel like now I'm, like, on the older side. So I kind of feel like. Yeah, you're you know, an old lady. Yeah, I'm old now. Compared <laughs> to everybody else, I'm old. But no, now I'm really excited. And I feel like it was, that's part of my purpose, though, being able to, you know, open those doors so that people didn't have to, you know, all these other entrepreneurs with all these amazing ideas will be able to like, you know, be seen, heard, be seen, and, and paid. It takes so much effort, you know. I feel like that was my purpose. So no. and I love what you said too, Tamara. Seen, heard, and paid. And we paid. Are, not volunteering. Paid is the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, because and, and and the reason why she says that, and I agree with that, is our kids are giving the opportunities now. Right. As she said, uh, some other kids, she's been one of the trailblazers to open the doors towards where we're taking the kids are taken serious. It's not as big of a joke. Right. We get it. We see kids on TV now. We see the articles. You know, it's a thing. However, they you know, so they don't mind. We see the kids. We hear from them. Right. But it's still that struggle of making sure they get paid what they're worth just because she's 10 years younger. Just because she's the only kid on the stage or on the dais or at the table does not mean she her value is is diminished, decreased, or less than. 
So that's the difference. That's still part of our, you know, our social impact mission to make Even that clear. We have to learn that. We stopped saying, we started saying no to a lot of things because you would pay, you know, whoever from whoever, from wherever, you know, to come and speak. And then, you know, they'd be like, we want you to speak too. But then they'll give me like the hardest thing to do and then be like, thank you for coming. Here's a cup. Yeah, here's a, a trinket or whatever. And it's like, and they wait paid a minute. somebody thousands of dollars. And it's like, well, people enjoyed me more than they enjoyed that person. And even yeah. still, still the same amount of work and stuff. And that went into prepping for that thing. I would have to practice that thing all day, every day. You know, so. Yeah. Just understanding your value, you know, and us, us parents understanding our child's value and our value, because we are putting in work too as parent managers. Like, that's why this it eventually evolved the whole Xandra experience into a family business. This is a family experience. It's not just about her anymore. You know, she started it. It was her dream, you know, but it's a full family experience. So it's all of our mission to make sure we're seen, heard, and paid. <laughs> preach, preach. All right. As we're closing up, Xandra, if you could speak to the younger version of yourself, or if you're talking to a kidpreneur right now who's just kind of at the beginning stages or maybe in those struggling years, what would you say to yourself? I would say the biggest thing is that nothing is too far-fetched. I think it's the biggest thing. Sometimes you feel like, oh, like, that could never happen or that never happens or anything like that. But I am here to you, talking to you, living proof that you have to change that mindset because we literally just had this conversation this morning that everything we thought that we dreamed of about, you know, the way my life is or the milestones or whatever that I wrote down and said I wanted to happen, every single thing has happened so far. And even so, and even still, I feel like I'm in, you know, the time where I'm thinking about new ideas and I'm still like back in that seat where I feel like I need to start over. And I still need to be reminded that, you know, no dream is too big. And as long as we're ready to put the, what did you say? You said, it's just a different level. Each level requires a different level of work. Yep. And that is so true. So mm-hmm. I, you know, everything I was doing before, I got to step it up. And then as soon as I start to step it up. As soon as you make thing. a decision, I told her, all you have to do is decide. Once you decide everything and you decide and you start putting pressure on it and you start working towards it and moving in that direction everything else will fall into place but I feel like the biggest thing is writing and speaking all everything into existence is number one for me I don't start each new year we come up with goals and I write them all down and you know what I'm doing differently than I did you know last year is each each month I'm writing new goals for each month to accomplish instead of doing a whole wide view of like just a year so breaking it down a little bit and I feel like I'm accomplishing, you know, at least half my goals each month. So that's a good thing. So wow. whatever it is, a personal or business-wide is a, is, is a step. So. So good. So appreciate All right. And Tamara, if you are speaking to a parent right now, another homeschool CEO mama who's saying, I don't know if I can support my child as they start their own business. I'm busy with my own. What would you say to them? Hmm. I would say you can absolutely do both. You just have to, you have to change your perspective a little bit and add yourself and your child onto your busy schedule. And that's it. It all starts with intention. Look at the big picture, sit down with your child and, and, and just be raw and honest. What are the sacrifices? What are we giving up? How much time is this gonna be? And the same way you decide how much time you're gonna spend in your business, you decide how much time you're gonna spend in your child's business. You allow them to step up, have a seat at the table next to you, take them seriously, respect them, instill some boundaries and say, I'm going to do this. You're going to do this, but together we're going to do this. And that's how it works. So, so good. All right. Zandra, tell our audience where they can find you online. 
You can find me at zandrabeauty.com. That's all of our products, and that's the store locator. And you can follow me at zandrabeauty. Oh, and at zandrabeauty on all social media outlets. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And Tamara, where can the parents find you? You can find me at Raising a Mogul and also at Tamara Zantel everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm there as well. <laughs> awesome. And we will be sure to link all of those places in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a great episode. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All I can say is, wow. Zandra and Tamara were such an inspiration, both to kid entrepreneurs and their parents. In fact, I believe in their mission so much that we are partnering with them to offer our homeschool CEO kids a chance to participate in their Raising a Mogul Business Bootcamp. Now the dates are next week, March 8th through the 12th, and you can learn more at www.homeschoolceo.com forward slash bootcamp. Now remember, this one is just for the kids. Of course, parents are welcome to attend, but this is really about your kids. We want them to be able to learn what it takes to start a business and give them an opportunity to really connect with other homeschool CEO kids who get it. The entire bootcamp will be taught live with recordings available, and we are working to really inspire your kids. If you have questions, we're talking about the business bootcamp all week long in the Homeschool CEO Community Facebook group, or you can email us at hello at homeschoolceo.com. I am excited to bring this to our families, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, friend. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.